I have a little bit of gratitude also this week for, uh, for Mountainside. I, I mean, I generally do, but just real cognitive, um, kind of in-my-face gratitude. Uh, I was asked to share down at Point Loma, Nazarene University, about our church on Tuesday. And so I jumped in a train, which was also super cool. And uh, first, time on the, uh, first time southbound on the train. I did take it up northbound one time. But anyways, uh, took the train down and got to share about our church at Point Loma. And I, I walked away from that thinking to myself, I've got to bring people connected to Mountainside with me on these things. Because it's like, you'll go, Dave? Sweet, next time you're going. Because um, it's like this opportunity to just like brag for three hours. And, and, and I, I found myself a number of times saying things like, I'm not making this stuff up, but this happened. An immigration attorney walked into City Hall where Heather was sitting, you know. Um, I'm not making this stuff up. Um, someone was willing to, like, give months and months to, like, help us get the IRC going in response to, um, Scott was willing, um, in response to um, what we felt like God was calling us to. Um, and then I also find myself saying over and over with that, like, to these, these are pastors in this case, like, be encouraged because the living God is active. Um, and you can get so, like, in the weeds, and I can get so in the weeds, you can get so in the weeds of, like, community life and negotiating all that and figuring out what it takes and what it doesn't take and um, that this, for me, was an opportunity to just kind of step back and go, wow, thank you, God, for, for this this work you're doing and for this, this, this wonderful community. Um, that was on the heels of uh, getting to coach these guys uh, last Sunday. A few of you have asked me, where were you Sunday? Uh, our church has allowed me to take a couple Sundays and really press into coaching Luke's team. And so I got to coach. This is actually a picture from yesterday in a nice mud bowl that we played. Um, but I guess I just want to say thanks. That's all. Um, thanks to, to Mountainside for um, letting me be one of the pastors here and um, for this life that, that we have um, together. And I even got some ribbing from Rob Bolt saying, you plan to miss for Super, Soul, Super Bowl Sunday all the way back in October? Uh, and I didn't. I honestly didn't. <laughs> um, we're in uh, the Gospel of Matthew and we are, are working our way through it this year. And we're in chapter 4, verse 12 through 25. Esther asked me to get that in the tidings each week. And we haven't yet, but I'm, this is me publicly saying we're going to try to get that in the tidings each week so that people are aware of, of where we're at. Um, kind of where we've been so far, first week, it was all about like, listen to this guy, Jesus, Matthew seems to think. Um, and this is us, the, 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 the wild kind of um, unexpected genealogy of Jesus. The, the second week was, again, listen to this, this guy, Jesus, um, and an invitation to dream, um, to dream uh, like the Magi. Um, 
A couple weeks back, it was probably, I didn't say this that week, but probably, again, listen to this guy, um, but uh, it was the week of the Women's March, and we explored um, this kingdom of heaven that Jesus continues to, to mention, and, well, Matthew continues to mention, and Jesus is going to mention this morning uh, in chapter 4, um, and this call to bear fruit for that kingdom, and so we, we talked about a little bit, like, what does it mean for mountainside to bear fruit? Uh, for this new thing that God's doing in the world. And then last week, Sonia shared about Jesus' wilderness time. And that's about all I know. Um, but I'm sure it's amazing. Matthew chapter 4 uh, reads this way. Verse 12. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee... He left Nazareth, made his home in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I'll make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, and paralytics, and he cured them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. And this is the word of the Lord. I've gotten to know Jonathan well enough to know that likely there was a lot of intention with the themes of our music. Um, I'm not even sure who wrote the Prayer of Lament, but likely that person also um, had a lot of intention because the themes that we've been reading and singing are just laced throughout um, the gospel reading today. Uh, what do we bring this morning? Let's start there. It's good to start with where we're at. Um, this is a rhetorical question this time. Um, what do we bring with us as we come to the gospel reading? Um, we bring an awareness of deportations going on in our country. Um, we bring, potentially, if we've checked the news, the awareness that a missile has been launched from North Korea, a test missile. Um, we may have seen Iranian protests against our country and 
um, our president. We bring loved ones who are sick and dying um, this morning. We bring work and efforts at navigating um, the foster care system and um, a desire and hope for adoption. Um, we bring these like big, like social realities that they land in our in our laps. But we also bring domestic realities that we can like feel bad about because oh they they're not as big a deal as these big global things, but these are real nonetheless. And we bring our domestic responsibilities that become overwhelming at points, um, exhausting at points. Um, last night, Ari got home. I said to the boys, yeah, you can go to this like trampoline place um, with some friends. And she went and brought them home. And for three people, three kids, to jump on a trampoline, which we have in our backyard, um, <laughs> cost $48 to jump for like two hours. We, financial stress is real, right? Um, $48, what kind of world do we live in? Like, that's just my example from last night. You all have your own examples. When you go out to dinner and your kids are running around maybe and you get the bill and you're like, why did we try this again? <laughs> Those sound like meaningless, but they're, they're, a bigger, they're a part of a bigger reality that we bring with us today. We're people who sit in darkness. We're people who know what it means to sit in the shadow, in the region of death. And we know people who sit in the shadow and the region of darkness. And the Gospel of Matthew today invites us to remember, as we sit in this shadow and in this darkness, that a new light has dawned. Come on. It's hard to believe, Josh. You just named a lot of tough stuff. The Gospel of Matthew wants us to remember that we gather in this place on Sunday mornings to proclaim, to remind one another that though we sit in the region of death, a new light has dawned. A new thing has happened. And Matthew is going to spend the entire Gospel Describing to us, telling us stories about this one, Jesus of Nazareth, who God has used to usher in the kingdom of heaven. A new light in a region, in a shadow of death. That's why we're here, um, is to remind each other of that. And Jesus, this is the first time in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus pronounces this kingdom, this reign of God that we're invited into. And then from there, the first story is a story you've heard many times. It's a story of Jesus going out and calling 
his disciples. Um, that he walked by the Sea of Galilee. He sees these two brothers. That later in the gospel we'll be like, hey Jesus, when you're ruling things, let us be right on your right and your left. They kind of miss it. Um, they want like the position at the table, you know. Um, he calls Simon and Peter also. These are the ones that, that do that. He calls Simon and Peter, um, all, or Andrew and Peter also, and, and asks them, come follow me. Let's fish for people. The sign of a fish has been a, a popular and um, important kind of image for Christians for generations. Um, I don't know if you know this. I mean, we're, we're used to this, right? This fish. Um, I've, I've got a little story to tell here just by using PowerPoint, right? <laughs> Even this fish can become like confrontational. People use this fish in all sorts of different ways, right? This is the comeback, right? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I'll raise you this. Putting the wind in Darwin. Um, <laughs> left behind, that's one of my favorites. Um, <laughs> shut up already right culture wars enough of you Um, Christian charity yeah (laughs) can't we all just get along maybe this is a third century um, kind of stone. You can see the fish there. You can see the, the anchor. This has been a symbol for people of faith um, for a long time. Here's some other old, old images of fish and um, anchor connected to Christian faith. It marked the places of meetings for Christians in the Roman Empire. It uh, marked tombs um, for Christians. Uh, I haven't been able to find kind of historical data on this, but there's stories of it being a place to distinguish friend from foe um, in the Roman Empire. So when a Christian would come to another person, they would draw kind of half the fish in the dirt and see if that was reciprocated um, by the person, a a sign of peace. Um, Bread and fish were early elements used in Eucharist. Um, And so fish has been just a key image um, for Christians. In this story, you got Jesus announcing the kingdom, and then he shows up on these docks, and he calls these people to follow him. And this is him gathering his... His posse, his army, his, the people of his movement in the face of the Roman Empire. And I thought to myself, like, what causes people to leave their nets, leave their father, and do something like this? 
And I thought of like Ari's family who immigrated from Italy um, here long ago, um, or a generation ago. I think of stories we're reading about and concerned about now in terms of immigration. Like what causes people to do crazy things like follow Jesus is to leave war, um, to move towards hope. Um, if you're in the region or the shadow of death, you want to get out of there, that's when you leave your nets and your family and you follow something new. The passage says that Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee. Now, this, this sea is called Lake Gennesaret. How many of you have been to Israel? Anybody been to Israel? All right. Lake Gennesaret, Sea of Galilee. It's this enormous sea, right? No, it's like, I don't know for sure, but my memory is like Lake Tahoe, maybe smaller. Like, you can see from one end to the other each direction. It's a lake. That's what it is. And yet Matthew and the other gospel writers, they call it, and it's known now as the Sea of Galilee. And if you've been with us for the last few weeks, you're remembering Jesus' baptism. That Jesus goes into water. And water is all about what? It's all about chaos. And here, Jesus is ne- calling his disciples who are working where? Not on a little lake where you get fish. They're working on the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus says, come, follow me, repent, change direction, move into something new. This is a fisherman working a family business. Um, These are people who live in a region in shadow of death like we do. Um, And Jesus beckons and says, come, follow me into this kingdom of heaven. And when you come with me, we're going to fish for people. It says that Jesus called them um, right here. And this, the word in, in here, this called word, is not the normal word for just like, hey, over there, Austin. Like, it's not that. Um, it's a weightier word. It's a more unique word. It's a called out. There's, there's meaning in this. The Jesus, the one who has entered into the kingdom of heaven, is, is saying to these disciples, or future disciples, is saying to you and me, come out. Come out of the ways of life that you're stuck in. Follow me out of the sea of Galilee, the chaos, into this new kingdom of heaven that Matthew's going to spend the next three chapters of Matthew describing um, to us. Um, Follow me into that. And when you come out, um, you'll be living as, as citizens 
of a, of a different kingdom. Um, so he calls them out, and, and it's like almost not even out of his mouth. Maybe it even happens before. I think it might even happen before. Like, it's not just a calling out, but you are called out to what? To fish for people. Caught in the same shadows that we are, caught in the same regions of darkness that we know so well. This, this movement is an invitation and a commission to Christ and back um, into the water. This morning, as we as we come as we are, where our hope, I'm just gonna say very like plain Christian things, like our hope is not found in any other place. than in what God has done in Jesus Christ. Um, our hope is not found in a new president. Um, I know my church well enough to know that a lot of you already know that. Um, but I was thinking this week, you know what? Our hope is not found in the Democratic Party either. Like Barack Obama, right? I would so love to hang out with that guy. I can just imagine like playing hoop with him. Um, I'm coming on a Thursday night, maybe, with some of the people who play basketball around here, um, talking sports, talking politics, figuring out all, like, esoteric, I mean, rhetoric, like, oh, man, this is just, like, so moving. Um, but he, he was the leader of our, of our country, and as leader of our country, did things that is not the kingdom of God. And I believe in him so much that I want to say he would say, yep, you're right. But I don't know, you know. Um, but our hope is not found in the Democratic Party. Um, honestly, like, as much as we love this community and love the friendships that are happening here, and they're some of the greatest gifts that I would ever consider having received from God, like, our hope is not found in this community. Our hope is found in Jesus Christ and hopefully on our best days, our life together is an outpouring, is an is a overflow of that commitment to come follow me and we'll fish for people. Follow me and we'll fish for people who are in, in the regions of death. A friend of mine is a pastor who tells a story of a science teacher who came to his church. And after a few weeks, he noticed that this science teacher from a local school had been there. And so he invited him to, I don't know, talk, have coffee, whatever. I'm not sure what they, where they did, met. But they met together. And my friend said to him, like, nice to meet you. So glad to have you, um, as the story goes. And this teacher said, I'm not a Christian. And my friend said, okay, you know, why? Why aren't you a Christian? Well, science, evolution, um, and just kind of went down that path. So my friend's pretty quick, pretty smart, and says, well, then why have you even come to church the last, like, three or four weeks? And the science teacher said, I find you oratorically pleasing. 
And he said, okay, I'll take that. Um, but really, why, why are you coming? Why do you give up your Sunday morning? And he said, because all you talk about is that God is doing some new thing. That's all you talk about. And I guess I come because I want to believe that. And my friend looked at him and said, I think you're a Christian. And this man said, I think I am too. And he was baptized um, a little bit later. We don't have to have all the answers figured out. We don't have to have all the details like dialed in. Um, but we are people who have come here every week because we want to follow Christ into a new thing that we can't always figure out what that even is. And we want to fish for people. We, we sense this call to fish for people towards this newness. For the next number of weeks, we're going to look at the, math, the Sermon on the Mount, which is all about defining and describing this newness, this new kingdom. Um, Here's some fishing for people that's been going on. I had nothing to do with this. I just saw it on Facebook. But this is... Sailor, do you know what this is about? No? You're up there. Look, you're right up there. <laughs> Sid, you know what this is about, right? That's right. Sydney, I didn't plan this. This is awesome, though. Uh, Monroe is putting in a garden down the street. Our kids... Um, and parents from our church are a part of this. Um, oh, this picture didn't come out good. This is Adrian. I know Adrian and Bea were involved. I didn't even know. Like, I saw the picture and it took me by surprise. Um, we have this growing relationship with Monroe. Katie's not here today, but she's, he's, she's kind of connecting us to that. And she was sharing with Tiffany and I today, or this week, about this optimism that she has for the work that she's doing down there. And a lot of it stemmed from a conversation with the principal about how do we make sure that students of undocumented families are safe in our school. And the principal saying, well, let's set up a meeting with the superintendent of schools and another pastor who has children at the school, who's a, a strong activist, um, is going to be a part of that with us. It's fishing. We're fishing for people. This is what we're doing. Um, this is what the garden looks like now, I guess, which is just amazing. Scott and I were talking in the office this week, and all of a sudden a man walks in. is like, is this the Immigration Resource Center? And I said, yeah, this is. You're, you found us. I'm Josh, and he's like, oh, I'm Josh too. I'm a reporter for the San Gabriel Tribune. And so he began to talk to Scott, and mostly what he was wanting to do was confirm stories of what had been going on, um, and Scott and him seemed to have similar, similar updates. Scott was working on a press release that minute when he walked in. Um, I think it's fishing for people. I think it's following God into the chaos of the immigration reality. Um, 
Where's my next picture? Oh no, I'll leave it there. We're a lot about children around here. Um, godly play, what's that about? It's about exploring with our kids what it means to move towards the kingdom of heaven. We have a new group. They're meeting tonight of families who are navigating the foster care realities and adoption. And they're meeting together tonight. And Nicole, our graduate intern, is working with them. And we don't know what's going to come of this group. But I'm so hopeful um, that it's at least a place for people who have accepted a call to fish for the most vulnerable of people um, in the chaos uh, of our foster care system that is trying, right? I mean, trying. This is a massive reality. We have spiritual formation practices going on here. How many of you are in the vocation group that's meeting right now? Some of you? All I hear is like these amazing stories of like laughter and fun and meaning coming out of this, this vocation group. It's a, it's a way to help one another answer the call of like, God, what are you calling me out to? What are you calling me out towards? What have you been preparing me for? Um, I think of our Vespers services that happen, quiet, small services that happen right over here. They're, they're, they're organized to just stop in the midst of the chaos and to listen to the Spirit. Sarah, I love that new song. we got to sing that again. Like the spirit that, that is blowing over the waters, calling us out so that we might fish for people. Our friendships, Michael mentioned men's group. It's, it's a small group of men who meet downstairs. Maybe we, there's some kind of psychological like, let's go back to being teenagers again. It's way less responsibility down there. Um, or people who meet on Thursday nights even to play basketball and adolescent behavior is welcomed and um, honesty is shared. These are spaces um, we're invited to acknowledge what's going on in our life and remember that we're, we're, we're called to fish for people. Our friendships can be a way of inviting us out of the chaos. Um, I want to end with this before all the rest of the kids come in. This section ends with this like summary statement that Jesus teaches. And it says... That Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, um, and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. And later it says also that when these people came with all these ailments, and these are ailments, but these are also social markers that move people to the margins. Um, and it says that Jesus cured them. And I was so intrigued, I looked up this word cure. Because when we read cure, we, at least I, I hear like fixed. And there's no doubt, you can't read the Gospels um, and deny that there are points where Jesus cures people. 
And we got to figure out what that's about. And Shirley did an awesome job during our practices series on helping us explore signs and wonders together. Um, But this word cure, and it's most kind of basic meaning, it's the word therapeuo. Obviously, we get our our word therapy from it. Um, But it means, I want to get this right, to do service or to to pay attention to. We're being challenged right now. Um, So I think what this is calling us to is we pay attention to these little ones who are joining us again. For some, wow, again, to hear Jesus say, follow me, call out, come out of the chaos so that I can enter in and fish for people. That is a motivating and challenging call. And I want you to hold on to that. And I pray that that be the reality of what we're up to. For some, though, you're like, Josh, we're in the region of darkness and death. Like I can barely survive. Attend to what is in front of you. Do service to the one who is right in your face. Your neighbor, your spouse, your child, yourself. Um, And you just might realize that you're fishing for people. That you're answering the call of God. Um, Amen? Who are we waiting on? Confirmation? Ones and twos. Let's pray together. And uh, Jonathan, if you want to come up with anybody else who's singing. Let's pray and then we'll, uh, we'll take Eucharist together. Living God, um, we as a church just commit, uh, commit ourselves to you. We're so thankful for a year where we get to just look at um, your son, Jesus Christ. And we, God, want to, um, want to follow you. We thank you that you come to us on our seas of Galilee and you call us to yourself. We pray, God, that by your blood and your body, this meal that you give us, you'll nourish us in those regions. And we pray, God, at the same time that you will call us to fish for people, that you will call us to um, inviting our friends, our neighbors, our loved ones to the new thing that you're doing. God, help us not to get caught and stuck in categories and in imaginations that limit what that might look like. Um, God, give us the grace that we need to attend to um, those that you place in our path.
We ask this in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen.